You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 101, and we're continuing our series on the three P's of building a great local church. And remember, we talked about these three P's, or the people, the process, and then the product. And, you know, these are interchangeable with uh, staff, systems, and then services, if you prefer those. And like we said last time, Marcus Lemoyne, the, the TV show The Prophet, he didn't invent these, but he made these three things famous because this is the process, the the, the filter that he uses when he goes into businesses that are failing and helps them, he evaluates the entire organization through these three filters, the people, the process, and then the product. And they're very applicable for business, but they're very applicable for the church. So if you're in ministry, or if you're in business, these are going to be helpful to you. And today we're talking about, last time we talked about people, today we're talking about the process, or our systems, if you will. Uh, Pastor Andy Stanley in uh, North Point Church in Atlanta, um, brilliant leadership expert. You know, he and his team have built a, an amazing church that's impacting the city of Atlanta and even beyond. But he says that our results are directly related to the systems that we have in place. In other words, if you don't like the results that you're getting in your church or your business, your organization... If you don't like the results that you're getting, then we need to take a look at our systems because our systems, the systems we have in place, the processes that we have in place, they're going to give us the results that we're getting. So how are our systems working? Now, this is a huge, huge process when we're talking about a church. So I'm going to give you just maybe four systems that you can evaluate in your church and, um, and, and you know see how they're doing. The first one, visitors and new converts. How well do you follow up as a church? The reality is, and the studies prove, that the churches that do the better job of following up with new people, whether visitors or people that come to your church as a visitor and then respond to an invitation to Christ, How well we follow up with that person is going to determine whether or not they come back. Now let's talk about visitors for a second. When visitors come to your church, they're looking for a church. 90% of the time, they're, they're looking for a new church home. And you know, let's face it, most cities, there's a lot of churches to choose from, a lot of good churches to choose from. And how well you respond to them and how well they feel that they're treated and then how the follow-up works is going to determine whether or not that person comes back. Do you have a system in place to contact them and to help them get connected? 
reality is, and again, studies show that the sooner visitors are contacted, the better. The first contact should be within two days. A minimum. Listen, you've got to have at least a minimum of one contact. But my suggestion is two or three. Um, I've seen churches that I've worked with have good success using a two-touch approach. That within two days of of somebody coming to church, turning in a visitor's card, turning in a visitor's card, we send them an email. That church will send them an email and welcome them, thank them for coming. And, And we try to not just send out a generic email. Now, if you've got hundreds and hundreds of visitors coming every weekend. Well, that might be a little bit different, but we're talking probably here to smaller churches that you know, may get three, four, five, ten visitors a weekend. And I would say, you know, have a generic form that you use, but personalize it. If the person mentions on the visitor card that you know, they're new to the city, then you know, share a few thoughts with them about Atlanta or, or whatever city you're in and you know, share um, you know, some of the things you have to help people get assimilated into the, the life of the church. If the person shares a prayer request with you, mention that in the email. Say, listen, you know, we, we prayed for your, uh, your mom and her cancer situation in staff meeting. And then do it. Actually pray for it. And personalize it a little bit. So an email within two days and then a phone call within three or four days. Um, I think it's awesome when the senior pastor can call visitors. And I get it. Every senior pastor is busy and everybody doesn't have time for that. But even if the senior pastor only called a few of the visitors, it makes a huge difference. But have somebody else on your staff that's a a, a high-energy people person that likes to talk to people and meet new people and put them in charge of this, calling the visitors. It goes so far. And you want to take it another step farther and have a three-touch approach? Have somebody else call them, you know, later in the week, maybe on Friday, and just say, hey, you know, um, we'd love to see you this Sunday. Maybe I could meet you and we could have a coffee before church and answer any questions. You know, personalize it. But I promise you, if you adopt a really good system, you're going to see your church start to grow. When, when, when I've seen churches apply this, pastors have come back and told, you know, told me later that, listen, just by shutting the back door of all the people that were coming in once, twice, and never coming back, by shutting the back door, we're seeing incredible growth. So give it a try. Second system that every church needs to look at and see how well it's working is your children's ministry. Listen, I think sometimes as pastors we get so busy focusing on all the other things we forget that your our, our children's ministry, your children's ministry is going to be one of the most important areas of your church. Because if a family comes to visit your church, you know, we just talked about visitors, but if a family comes to visit your church and their kids don't have a good time, they're not coming back. It doesn't matter how good you preach or how awesome the worship is. If their children weren't happy, they're going to go find another church where their children are going to be happy. So this is one of those areas where I say, look, invest, spend money on it. This is not babysitting. This is investing in the next generation. And it's also using wisdom to know that building a great great children's ministry is going to help build your church. So share, you know, the gospel in a way that the children can understand, but make it fun. Let there be plenty of playtime and lots of things for them to do. You know, give them opportunities to engage with other kids, engage with God, have a good time, because when they leave, 
You know, you might have been off that Sunday. Your sermon might not have been that great. You might not have hit a home run that Sunday. The worship might not have been that great that Sunday. But if the children come out and said, Mom and Dad, can we come back next week? Then guess what? They're probably going to come back next week. So spend money on your children's ministry. Um, this is, is one of the greatest ways to build your church. In fact, if you only focused on these two systems, your follow-up and your children's ministry, you're going to see church growth within the next six months. Well, we still have two more systems that we're going to look at, but I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. You know, the New Testament is a book about people. I mean, think about it. Of course, it's about God and it's about church, but that's not the religion. Forget the religious answer. It's about people. The Gospels are about Jesus and his life, his followers, the people that he impacted. Uh, the book of Acts is about the, the people that built the, the, the first century church and spread the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. And then even Paul's letters. Paul's letters are being written to churches full of people. So the New Testament is a book about people and their encounters with God. But you know, in some of the cases in the New Testament, some of these people, there's not a lot written about them. But you know, if we're willing to dig in a little bit, if we're willing to do a little bit of homework, if we're willing to study a little bit, we'll find that there are some stories that are hidden behind these, these people. And so I encourage you to check out New Testament Snapshots. It's about 11 of the New Testament's lesser-known characters. And I think by reading it, your life is going to be enriched. It's going to help you and your Bible study to, to maybe go a little bit deeper into the New Testament. But it's also a great resource for group Bible study. In fact, um, as I was writing this book, we were my wife and I were leading a connect group at the time, and we used this material as we went in our connect group over you know, 10, 11 weeks. And it was amazing because these snapshots about people led to some great discussion because, you know, human nature hasn't changed since the beginning of time. We all struggle with the same thing. So check out New Testament snapshots. I know it'll help you. I know you'll love it. There'll be a link in the show notes. Well, we're back and we're looking at our processes. You know, we're looking at the three P's of building a great church. Well, listen, the only way you're going to build a great church is by having these things in place. Last week, we talked about building a great team. This week, we're talking about building great processes, building great systems that will help you build a great church. And we've talked about, so far, visitors and follow-up, and, and also following up with new converts, children's ministry, and now finance. What kind of system do you have in place to manage the church's money? You know, so many people, when they think of church, they think of, you know, the bad TV evangelist standing on, t on the stage on TV, begging for money, promising blessings, promising cancer will be cured, you'll get a new car, you'll get a bigger house, your boss is going to give you a raise if you give. And look, we know that stuff's not true. But we also know what the Bible teaches about money. And we know that the Bible teaches valid principles about giving and generosity and blessing. And we want our people to be blessed. But how do we present it? And how are we managing the church's money? You know, sometimes it's a secret. 
you know, money's taken in the back. We don't hear anything about it. Listen, I think we've got to be transparent about our money. What are we spending it on? What are we using it for? We need to be giving regular updates to the church on what their offerings are accomplishing. People will give if they know where their money's going. People will give more if they see that their offerings are making a difference. So let's be transparent about it. My recommendation is you need to have a written policy on how you handle the church's money. Having a policy in place makes decision-making easy. For example, department heads, team leaders, they know they can spend up to a certain amount of money without having to come bother the pastor. The last thing the senior pastor wants or the executive pastor wants or the finance person wants is somebody knocking on their door every five minutes saying, hey, I need some new crayons. Hey, I need some more construction paper. Hey, I need you know some more supplies for the bathroom. Listen, certain policies, put these things into place. You know, there's things that we know we need to buy, no problem. And don't be afraid to talk about giving in church and in connect groups. But again, it's how we do it. You know, we've got to teach biblical principles on giving. And then what we do is we highlight special projects so where people can see where their money's going. If you're helping a ministry in the community, this should be talked about regularly. If your church supports children through Compassion International or you support foreign missionaries, this needs to regularly be talked about. And I recommend every church be involved in local and foreign ministry. Having an impact on the other side of the world is great, but we also need to be having an impact in our local community. Having an impact in our community is so important, but we also need to know what's going on on the other side of the world. And people will give when they see what their money's going to. Um, I recommend in your, your policy that you know it's set up where... Um, the savings account is set up where you have some type of long-term savings account for your church. Most churches have, or many churches have building funds. Awesome. But you need to have something long-term that money's going into every month that gives you a little bit of margin, gives you a little bit of a cushion. Um, I recommend having a percentage of your offerings. They're going towards some type of social fund. You know, we mentioned foreign ministry, foreign missions, local missions. Great. But make that a percentage you know, have a certain amount of money every month that's set aside from the percentage of your offerings. And then I recommend being very transparent, as we said, with your church. If somebody wants to come in and see the finances and see how the money's spent, of course, we're not going to let them see who's giving what. That's uh, a breach of confidentiality. But, you know, we can, we can let them see a spreadsheet on what money's coming in and where it's going and how it's being spent. Um, now, this is not for anybody, but for a member of the church, if they ask to see our finances, sure, why not? What do we have to hide? And, you know, we've, I don't know of any church that's ever had anybody taken up, you know, anybody's taken them up on this, but so many of the churches that I work with, they have this policy where, listen, if you want to come look, just make an appointment, come on in, we'll talk about it and let you see where your money is going. So, so far we have talked about policies. We've got one more. We've talked about visitors and new converts, following up with them, children's ministry, finances. And then we need to talk about having a policy in place um, for our volunteers. You know, I recommend every church have written policies in place to cover a lot of different things. And along with those written policies and written guidelines, 
I would even say we need job descriptions for every key job within the church. It makes it easy to hire. It, it, it's, it makes it so much easier for so many reasons. And I've talked about this before in another podcast. But having written um, job descriptions for our volunteers is something that so many churches don't think about. You know, churches all over the world struggle with getting volunteers. And sometimes we feel like we're begging people to come work in the church. But sometimes I think the reason that is is we devalue those jobs. You know, we want to we put the right people in our volunteer jobs. We want to have the right people serving. And I would recommend create job descriptions for people that are working in your children's ministry. Create job descriptions for people that are working in reception and hospitality and door greeters. Give them a few guidelines. Put it on paper. Make them sign for it because it raises the value of that position. You've just elevated that job to the point where you've, you've created a, a written job description and told them what you want from them. And I promise it's going to really go a long way. And it also makes it very easy for the person that's overseeing that job to see who's doing the job and who's not. I mean, if it's written in that job policy that the person is supposed to be at church um, 15 minutes before worship starts and they're consistently coming in after the first song has started, you can go to them and say, hey, listen, remember, you know, you said you wanted to do this and you signed this, but you're coming in late every Sunday when you're working. And so, you know, that was the reason I gave you this, so you'd have the guidelines. And so it makes it very easy for us to go and coach our people and say, hey, listen, this is important. Remember, you signed for it. So written job descriptions, even for our volunteers, is going to be one of those systems that's going to help our church grow. Now remember, we started off this episode by talking about what Andy Stanley said about systems. He said our results are directly related to our systems. And here we've just mentioned four. I could give you five or ten more systems that would help your church grow. And if that's something you're interested in, feel free to reach out and contact me. This is what we're doing, and uh, we would love to help you. But I think if you'll address these four, it will give you a good start on helping take your church to the next level. Well, friends, if this has been helpful to you, go to davidspell.com. Leave a comment or a question in the comment section. Make sure you subscribe to davidspell.com. I'll send you my free newsletter every month. Um, It lets us stay in touch. It lets you know what we're doing, um, special projects we're involved in. I've got several things that are going to be coming out soon, and I know you're going to want to hear about them. And, uh, you know, it's just a great way for us to stay in touch. But also, you get my free, my, my free blog. It comes out three times a week. You don't want to miss it. And I promise your email address is safe with me. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. Um, so far, like I said, last week we talked about people. Today we talked about process. And then the, the next episode next week, we're going to be talking about the third P of building a great church, and that is our product. So until then, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.